I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Western New York race fans, it's time to crank it up. Start your engine! For the next hour, the airwaves belong to you. Sit down, strap in, and let's head to WGR's Fast Track. All right, take a nice big deep breath, buddy. With your host. Let's go out there and have a good day, all right, bud? Dave Buchanan. Good morning, race fans. 11.02 here on WGR Sports Radio 550. And welcome to the penultimate edition of WGR's Fast Track, our next-to-last show of the season here on WGR Sports Radio 550. And we've got a great one lined up for you this morning. But we can't waste any time because we have to go right to the AT&T hotline because joining us live from Brainerd, Minnesota, he drives the Make-A-Wish Dodge Charger funny car for Don Schumacher Racing. NHRA funny car driver Tommy Johnson Jr. joins us live. Tommy, it's Dave Buchanan here in Buffalo. Good morning. Good morning from Brainerd, Minnesota. How are uh, things up there in the uh, land of a thousand lakes? Oh, it's beautiful. It's been a great weekend all weekend. A little overcast this morning. Uh, cooler temperatures, so I mean, just going to be fast today on the racetrack. It is uh, getting down to a very crucial point of your season, Tommy. Uh, two races left in what I guess you would say the regular season for the NHRA Mellow Yellow Drag Racing Series before your uh, countdown to the championship begins. And uh, these are, are two pretty important races for you as you try to remain in uh, postseason contention here in, in the top uh, funny car division. Yeah, I'll tell you what, the countdown to the championship, the top ten drivers fight it out for that. Uh, we're currently number seven, just a couple points out of number six, and uh you know, we'd like to get yourself seated as high as you can, and, and uh, we've kind of been coming on. We we ran really well at the beginning of the season, and then uh, we had some changes. We've been experimenting, had a rough part of the middle, but uh, right now, uh, if it's the time to hit your stride, right now would be that time, and our car kind of seems to be doing that. So looking forward to it. With only two to go, those last six are so important. Now's the time to have your car running good, and, and we have. Right now, we uh, semifinals the last two races, and performance is really looking up. And this weekend, qualified fifth and uh, ran really well in qualifying, so... I think we're peaking at the right time of the year this year. Yeah, this seems like today could be a, a Tommy Johnson kind of day. You've you've gone to the finals at Brainerd two out of the last three years, and as you said, you're coming off a pair of semifinal runs out west uh, and a number five qualifiers you mentioned. But things are, are looking got to be looking pretty up for you and your Make a Wish uh, Don Schumacher Racing team here going into eliminations today. Yeah, it is. I tell you what, it gives you a lot of confidence. You know, in, in driving these cars, you got to have confidence in your car and your team and. Right now, it's, uh, it's really on the upswing. Like you said, we got runner-up here last year, but that was our peak. We went mm-hmm. hill from there, and uh, this year we're just starting to uh, climb to that peak. So I think if we learned anything from last year, we, uh, we learned not to peak too early, and uh, this season I'm pretty excited about it. It seems to be going perfect at the right time. NHRA Funny Car Driver Tommy Johnson Jr. joining us. Tommy, uh, real quickly, just kind of give us a whole overall recap of your season to date. As we said, seventh in the point standings, but overall, how has the year gone for you? Has it been uh, kind of an up-and-down season, or how would you describe it? Yeah, it has. It has been a little up-and-down, and, and, you know, we started off the season strong. We were runner-up for the second race of the season, and uh, both four-wide uh, races, we were in the final round, both four-wide. Then we kind of we stumbled a little bit. Mm-hmm. NHRA changed up the track prep. Uh, they were trying to look for a way to uh, control the speeds of these cars, and they, they decreased the track preparation, you know, took some of the glue away. Mm-hmm. 
we stumbled a little bit trying to figure out the combination for that. And, and uh, over the summer, we, we started the season with a six-disc clutch. The car was performing well. Once they changed the track, we were having trouble with six-disc. We went back to the five. And uh, we just had so much more data with a five-disc clutch. And uh, we're starting to get a handle on it now. The car has been real, real consistent. That's, that's the key. Yeah, you want to run those big numbers and be the hero, but you need to do it every time. You need to run well every run down the racetrack. And consistency is the big key, and that's what we've got back now. We went down the track three out of four runs in qualifying, uh, solid, consistent runs right in the hunt. So uh, that's what gives you the confidence. You have a consistent race car going up there knowing you got a good car under you. It's easier to do your job, and uh, that's, that's the key now. You need to be quick, but you need to be consistent. Uh, break, break, wait, break that down for me in layman's terms, Tommy, because I'm not a mechanical guy. When you got, say, going from a six-disc clutch to a five-disc clutch, uh, can you explain that maybe what the difference is? Is that the number of shifts you have to make? No, it's, it's how many clutch discs are actually in the clutch. You have uh, either five uh, clutch discs and four floaters, or you have six clutch discs and five floaters in there. And it, it was just a power level. You know, mm. we, we, we make 11,000 horsepower with these cars, and the power level had gotten so much that we put so much heat wearing the clutch going down the racetrack that the five disc was having issues. Just we couldn't get the heat out of it, and it would weld together and lock up and spin the tires. Okay. Six disc in there, dissipates the heat a little bit, and, and uh, things were good, but... Now we don't need all that power. With the track not prepped as quite as good as it used to be, you have to manage your power real well, and uh, we're not putting the power to the ground like we were, so we can get away with the five. And, and uh, you know, we ran really well with that five for a long time, so we're going back to the old record books and seeing what we did and then uh, see if we can recreate that magic. Tommy, of course, you have uh, the Make-A-Wish Foundation on the side of your, your Dodge Charger funny car, and I, I have safe to assume just working with an organization like Make-A-Wish, I'm sure you meet a lot of courageous people in connection with those folks. Absolutely. You know, it's such a unique uh, sponsorship because they don't pay anything to be on our car. Terry Chandler funded this entire team mm-hmm. wanted to give back, and she wanted to raise awareness for Make-A-Wish, and just been a great relationship. We lost Terry a year ago. Um, you know, she had some cancer and, and passed away, but her husband wanted to continue this in her honor. And uh, we had uh, eight kids out yesterday, every race uh, on the tour on Saturday. We bring Make-A-Wish kids out the track and just let them have fun and enjoy themselves for a day, be a normal kid. And they're going through some tough times and just a uh, – it's a really unique opportunity and really rewarding, you know, to see them mm-hmm. come out and cheer on the car. And we had a great group yesterday, a couple of older, older kids. One of them even had, wished was to restore a uh, 74 Firebird. And wow. So he was really into it, you know. So it's, uh, it's been a really neat experience and just able to uh, give back, put some smile on a lot of faces. And uh, not only the kids, but also the family because they go through it with them. And to see everybody come out and enjoy themselves, be a normal family for a day, it's, it's awful cool. Tommy, last thing, I know you got to get to driver intros, but last question. Uh, one of the other partners there with Don Schumacher Racing has a Buffalo connection. Uh, New Era Cap, uh, I believe, provides headwear for Don Schumacher Racing, and uh, they're headquartered right here in Buffalo, New York. So it's a nice little connection to Western New York with uh, your your team. Yeah, absolutely. I'm hoping to put on one of those New Era Caps in the winter circle, Seth. That'd be uh, <laughs> the best kind of New Era Cap you can get right there, the one that says winter on it. It's indeed, and hoist that Wally in victory lane. Well, uh, Tommy, thank you so much. I know it's a busy race morning for you, but thank you so much for uh, spending a few minutes with us here this morning. Good luck today at Brainerd, Minnesota. We'll be watching on uh, Fox Sports 1 at 2 o'clock Eastern, and uh, best of luck the rest of the season with the NHRA Melville Drag Racing Series. I appreciate it, guys. Hope we uh, hope we can be on that uh, show all day long for you and uh, see if we can't repeat. Won this race in 07, love to repeat. All right, Tommy, good luck today. Thank you, guys. Yep. Tommy Johnson, Jr. from the NHRA Mellow Yellow Drag Racing Series, and uh, 
uh, they, with their schedule this morning in Brainerd. We had to squeeze them in right off the top of the show, but appreciate uh, Tommy taking the time to talk to us here this morning on WGR's Fast Track. As Tommy said, uh, number five qualifier on the Funny Car ladder today, Robert Height, the uh, number one qualifier in Funny Car. Billy Torrance uh, is your top qualifier in Top Fuel. And uh, Erica Enders, who we've had on the show here in the past, she's the number one qualifier in Pro Stock. And again, you can catch uh, eliminations from Brainer starting at 2 o'clock this afternoon on Fox Sports 1. There's no uh, cup race on TV, but uh, do have some other racing options if you're going to be watching TV this afternoon. That's one of them with uh, the Lucas Oil uh, Nationals from Brainerd, Minnesota. And again, coming down to the end of their regular season and uh, their uh, their kind of like their playoff system with uh, their final uh, races of the year where they take the top 10 in points and uh, raise up their point levels and try and set that up, set them up for a run to their uh, championship when they hand those out at Pomona at the end of the year in uh, November. Uh, good morning. Once again, now we can kind of do the official show welcome as we had to get right to Tommy Johnson right off the top there as uh, here at 1109 here on WGR Sports Radio 550. But uh, thank you for tuning in to WGR's Fast Track. Uh, great show for you for the rest of the show, too, after setting up our big guest uh, right out of the box. But uh, we got a lot to talk about this morning. Of course, uh, last night, the Monster Energy Cup Series NASCAR was in action at Bristol Motor Speedway for the annual uh, night race at Bristol. And Kurt Busch picking up the win, a huge win for Kurt uh, at this point in the season, at this point of his career, really. A uh, huge win for him last night at Bristol and locking himself into the postseason uh, in NASCAR. So we've got that to talk about here. We've got some other big NASCAR news that's come out this week. And uh, we're going to talk about that here in the opening segment. And phone lines are open here the rest of this opening segment for you to chime in, too, at 803 803- 0551-888-552-550 are the numbers if you want to uh, get in touch with uh, get in touch with us here this morning to talk about anything going on in the world of motorsports. You want to talk about NHRA, go right ahead. Feel free to chime in. Uh, IndyCar at Pocono, local racing, it's all on the table here. You can also send us a tweet at FastTrack550. And also we're on Facebook too, facebook.com slash WGR FastTrack as Kurt Busch. On older tires, held off Kyle Larson to pick up the win last night at Bristol for his first win of the season. Kurt Busch over Kyle Larson. Chase Elliott led a good portion of the the middle portion of the race, but came home third uh, as he's in search of his uh, second win of the season now, coming off that victory at Watkins Glen a couple of weeks ago that we were there to witness. Uh, Joey Logano, Eric Jones rounding out the top five. Clint Boyer also led a lot of laps last night. He was the other car that uh, stayed, what was one of the other cars to stay out uh, late in the race. Uh, to try and go for it on the older tires. He did not have as much success and was kind of spinning tires, spinning the tires on a couple of those late race restarts. And uh, he fell back there, but still wound up coming home in sixth place. Ryan Blaney led early. He finished seventh. Alex Bowman, a good run. Jimmy Johnson, uh, a much-needed top-ten finish for him. And Kevin Harvick had a uh, up-and-down night, had an unscheduled green flag pit stop, but overcame that to finish tenth. And how about Trevor Bain? Uh, speaking of guys that needed a good night, started 23rd, comes home 11th, and he was up inside the top 10 there late in the race, wound up 11th, but uh, a much-needed uh, good run for Trevor in the sixth car last night. Uh, you had Denny Hamlin coming on 14th, Casey Kane 15th. We'll talk about him in a moment. Uh, Brad Keselowski finished 16th last night. Uh, William Byron in 23rd. And then you had Martin Truex, who had a rough night. He uh, got... Tagged by our well, Kyle Bush. I over skipped him. Skipped him. He finished twentieth. We'll talk about that in a second. And speaking of Kyle Bush, he and Martin Truex got together, and that spun Martin Truex off the inside retaining wall, and then coming up back up the banking got clipped 
by uh, J.J. Yaley in a real uh, hard hit, it looked like, from TV. And uh, Truex uh, wound up 30th, and uh, they, of course, were showing him climbing out of the car, and he was very aggravated as uh, one of the places he seems to not get the success here in his last couple of seasons, including his championship run, is the the short tracks. That seems to where he has his least amount of success, at least win, uh, in the win column, that is, uh, d- d- compared to what he does in the mile-and-a-half tracks and road courses. Uh, hasn't had as much success in the win column and short short tracks as of late. He came home 30th. They're being involved in that incident. Uh, and then uh, you had the cars taken out in a l- crash just on lap two of the race, when uh, it was Kyle Busch that spun out, and that caused, caused a multi-car pilot. Many of the backmarker cars kind of just plowed into Kyle, and uh, including Michael McDowell, Bubba Wallace, AJ Allmendinger, uh, Greg Galling, all knocked out of the race very early on because of that incident as it got off to a wild start last night at Bristol. And a pretty good Bristol race. We we talk about it a lot, the the ups, ebbs and flows of, of Bristol racing from the you know high peaks of the late 90s and early 2000s when the place was a sellout and and then the uh, you know the transition uh, the when they redid the uh, the banking in the corners and how the race went from all on the bottom back to the top and now there's Bristol and NASCAR have been trying to fix the track for several years and last night we saw with uh, the, you know the grip strip on the bottom but then it's still that top lane at the top of the wall also comes in late in the race and uh, sets up for some interesting two wide racing but in two very different. Uh, grooves either right down on the bottom or way up at the top. There's not much in the middle there. But I thought it was a pretty entertaining Bristol race. And, uh, you know, again, it was interesting with the strategy there with Bush and Boyer. And uh, I think there was one other maybe that stayed out there late on tires. But those two were the main two that, that tried to hold out as they tried to, their tires were about 40, 50 laps uh, older than, say, Larson and Chase Elliott. And uh, Kurt Busch was able to hang on, and and again, huge for Busch. Uh, obviously, not that he was in danger of falling out of a playoff spot, but he's locked in now. He's fourth in the standings coming out of last night. Doesn't have to worry about that for these next uh, couple races here left in the regular season, as we just have uh, Darlington and Indianapolis left in the regular season. We've got an off weekend coming up this weekend for for the Cup Series. So he doesn't have to worry about that. Plus, again, his status and where he's going to be driving next year is up in the air. Uh, there was the pretty strong reports last week that he was going to Chip Ganassi in the one car with Monster Energy. Uh, Kurt has kind of denied all of those reports, and uh, not much more in in on that story. We ha- throughout this week, it didn't seem like there wasn't much more development. So it's kind of a wait and see approach. Um, although it seems pretty likely that Kurt will not be in the forty one car next year, at least. Uh, based on the other story of the week, or the big the big driver change story this week compared to the one last week with Kurt, and uh, that was Casey Kane, of course. And Casey announced, uh, what was it, Tuesday or Wednesday morning, that he is not going to run full time in the Cup Series in uh, 2019, and that was huge news. Uh, another big name driver, uh, you know, kind of stepping aside from full time Cup competition, and of course, uh, Casey's had a uh, a pretty good career. He's had his fair share of, of wins. Uh, you know, never been a super threat for a championship, but he's had some successful years. Of course, starting out, uh, he was a development driver for Robert Yates in the Bush Series back in the uh, early 2000s. But then Ray Everham swooped in and, and picked him up, and he was tabbed to drive the nine car after Bill Elliott retired from full time competition. And uh, Casey had some success in the nine car for several seasons, and then that team started to go downhill when, you know, 
Everham started running out of money, and they merged with your Petty Motorsports, and that that whole team went on a downward slide. And then uh, Casey signed on with uh, Hendrick Motorsports, but then he had to wait a season to get into the Hendrick car because the deal he signed, he had to wait for uh, the the five car to open up, and so that forced him to run for Red Bull Racing for a year uh, They just to kind of help fill the, find him a seat because uh, his deal was, was up with uh, Richard Petty Motorsports, so he drove, of course, the Red Bull car for one season and then made the move to Hendrick, and he had some off-and-on success with the Hendrick car, but that deal, of course, ended after last year, and this year he's been in that 95 car, the, the Levine family racing entry, which, of course, you know, one of the middle-tier teams in the sport, lower middle-tier teams in the sport. And Casey's had some good runs, but obviously not not in playoff contention this year. You know, uh, uh, where is he? Yeah, 27th in the point standings. Only only one top top five finish this year, one top ten finish this year. Um, Three DNFs, so it's not been a a great year for Casey. But again, driving for the team he was, you know, uh, it was going to take a lot for him to be kind of a playoff contender this year. So... I'm sure with the, the the downturn in results for his career over the last couple of years, plus he has a son, and he's still very heavily involved in sprint car racing, of course. His Casey Kane racing team is one of the top teams in the World of Outlaws sprint car series. You know, Brad Sweet just won him the Knoxville Nationals last weekend for $150,000 payday. So, you know, the, the um, uh, Brad Sweet and Darren Pittman, uh, his two team drivers, they're one of the top Again, one of the top teams on the World of Outlaws. And Casey's now doing some more sprint car racing. He really wasn't allowed to do much of it when he was under contract with Hendrick. But now that he was with the, the 95 time ninety five team this year, you saw Casey starting to do some sprint car racing once again this year. And I really think uh, that's what he wants to do. That's what he grew up in racing in Washington State. So he's definitely not full-time. And in fact, there was another report after that announcement that Casey turned down and offered from Stuart Haas Racing to drive for them in 2019, and one would have to assume that would have been the 41 team. I'm ass- you have to assume that that's the ride that they talked about, but he turned that deal down. So he even had an, a ride on the table, and at this point, he doesn't want to do it. And, uh, of course, there's there's several reaction to that on, on top of, you know, another big-name you know big name driver here choosing to step away from the sport and more discussion of the schedule being too long and the you know, the uh, economy of the sport kind of being broken with uh, driver deals and sponsorships and salaries and all that and just the the reported uh, downturn in driver salaries and everything. And that's why you see some of these older drivers getting out. Uh, some talk also of the new rules package we'll see for next year that it might not be popular with the drivers and, and that be another reason why, uh, you know, some drivers – just aren't interested in going full-time cup racing anymore, especially with those that have, have been in the sport for some time looking to get out because the cars might be harder to drive next year. Uh, just a lot of things connected to this announcement by Casey Kane, but this continues to uh, deal uh, NASCAR a blow with another big-name driver on the way out. You know, they're, they're doing what they can, trying to build new talent with these younger guys coming in, and um, they're just starting to have the success that, NASCAR at Hope with you know Chase Elliott finally winning this year at Watkins Glen and uh, some more of these younger drivers starting to have some more success and getting getting better as the year has gone on um, while still having great star power and guys like the big three of Truex, Harvick, and Kyle Busch 
Uh, you still got guys like that in your Joey Logano's and Clint Boyer's, Brett Keselowski, some of these veteran drivers too. But still, the the star power drain will will continue going into 2019 with uh, definitely Casey Kane not back full time, and, and who knows what Kurt Busch's status is going to be uh, next season. As uh, apparently, you know, Stuart Haas was talking to Casey and maybe other drivers looking to fill that seat. Is Kurt going to wind up in the one car? We'll have to wait and see. But uh, this is the uh, interesting part of the silly season uh, in the NASCAR world. But, uh, of course, last night, other implications. Uh, the playoff picture, not that it was real cloudy to begin with, but it got a little more clear coming out of Bristol as basically now every driver uh, ninth in points or higher have clinched a playoff berth, whether on wins or on points. As I, uh, Blaney, uh, Keselowski, and Larson clinched, uh, mathematically they can't get bumped out of a playoff position. So more than half of your playoff field is set. And then really there's not much chance, though, for guys in a playoff spot to really get bumped out unless they really fall apart these last two races. As Alex Bowman, who is the last car in on points, he has got a uh, about an 80-point buffer on Ricky Stenhouse, who was the first car out, so more than a point, uh, more than a race worth of points. Now, obviously, somebody can still win and get in these last two races, but it seems like as uh, the results have shown this season in the Cup Series, you, you probably aren't going to expect that to happen because so many of the races this year have been won by the big three and the guys in the top of the standings. When you look at how the race winnings have been dispersed this year. The top six guys in the points have combined to win, uh, you know, over, uh, let's see, 13, 17, 21 races this year. That top six in points, and of course, including the 17 alone, won by Bush, Harvick, and Truex. So it's possible, but it just seems very unlikely that somebody not in a playoff position currently is going to come in here and win either at Darlington in two weeks, Labor Day weekend, or at Indianapolis uh, the week after in the final week of the regular season. Although, of all the places where something like that could happen, it would be Indianapolis. Uh, we've seen some, especially if it turns into some kind of field strategy race. Remember, Paul Menard won this race, so anybody, if Paul Menard can win it, uh, just about anybody can. And uh, it, it so that, that'd be a race where it has some kind of potential, but it's going to take... Uh, either just a crazy good performance that'll be unexpected out of whoever does it, or it is going to be some kind of fuel strategy, tire strategy, or maybe even rain-shortened type of finish for it to happen because you just look at the guys on the outside looking in, and they have just not had any kind of performance this year that warrants that, oh, maybe they can win one because they've just not had the success. I mean, Stenhouse, we're not going to restrictor play track in these last two weeks. You know, Newman has... Been better the last few weeks, but he, again, there's another driver who might be you know out of a ride this year, uh, depending on how sponsorship goes. Daniel Suarez has been a real disappointment this season in his second season. Dill, Austin Dillon's got the win, so he's the last course he's in on a win. But Menard was off to a good start last night, but then they had some mechanical issues. And then, you know, William Byron's been up and down in his rookie year. McMurray, Busher, Almaninger, it's a, again, really, nobody else on the outside looking in is a threat. So... Your playoff field is pretty much locked in stone, and I've been saying this since, I don't know, since since May, really, that there wasn't going to be much movement because that point gap was so huge, and uh, and, and as these as the schedule's gone on and, and these opportunities where someone outside of the points positions could win didn't happen. We didn't see the Watkins Glen. You know, Chase Elliott won. We didn't see an A.J. Allmendinger or anybody steal a win there to, to get a win. 
So uh, as the results bear out, it just seems like very unlikely that you will see a, a driver outside of that top 15-16 get sneak into the playoffs on a win unless uh, some extreme circumstances take place here in these last two races. Uh, 803-0551, 888-550-2550, uh, covered a lot of ground there, and uh, again, had to start the show with our guest, Tommy Johnson Jr., but hope you enjoyed uh, hearing from him to kind of kick off the show this morning. But anything on the table in the world of motorsports you want to talk about, Cup, NHRA, IndyCar, local racing, great show last night at Lancaster with the uh, Tommy Drewer, Tony Jankowiak Memorial 110 for the Race of Champions modifies Andy Jankowiak picking up the win in the race that uh, pays tribute to his late father and late uncle. Uh, that was a phenomenal show. We'll talk more about that later. Speaking of local racing, coming up in our next segment, uh, Jody London's going to join us. Jody is a uh, local racer and race promoter based out of the Rochester area. And speaking of, of paying tribute to people, uh, Jody has become quite the race promoter because every year now for the last uh, eight, seven, eight years, I'll have to check how many years it's been now, but uh, Jody puts on a, a race in honor of his uh, late father, Dave London, for the Superstocks. And Joey, uh, Jody goes above and beyond uh, not only promoting the race, but getting the drivers to come and getting a whole lot of lap bonus money and other uh, uh, contingency awards for this event. It gets a lot of money for a division like the Superstocks that doesn't get a lot of big money races. Uh, it's become a huge thing, and he's got a lot of people signed up for this race, and he's also built up an equally uh, big money race for the four-cylinder vision. That's coming up this Friday night at the Spencer Speedway. So we're going to talk to Jody about that. We had Jody on the show last year, too. And we're going to have him on again one more time here coming up in our next segment. So stay tuned. we got more to come. And, uh, again, plenty of time for your phone calls this morning. 803-0551-888-552-550. It's our next-to-last show of the season as uh, we'll be off Labor Day weekend and then football season starts. So hopefully uh, you join us here in these last couple of weeks. We'll be back with more here on WGR. I don't know if we'll be able to use that one next year, Mike, with uh, McMurray possibly out of the one car. But we'll wait and see what that brings. But we'll get we'll get some use out of it. We got some use today, and we have one more week to definitely use it for this year. Again, our next to last edition here of WGR's Fast Track 1132 here on WGR Sports Radio 550. I'm Dave Buchanan. Uh, yeah, as I said, uh, we've got next week, and then we're off Labor Day. I usually do a show Labor Day, you know, like especially the last couple of years. We go up to the Glen for the Indy Car Race, but no Indy Car Race at the Glen this year, and I will be. On the road, but not at a race of any kind, so won't be able to do a show Labor Day weekend. I apologize. So all you got left with me is uh, today uh, for these this last half hour, and then uh, next week it will be our thrilling season finale. And as in true fast track fashion, we leave you, of course, with the ultimate cliffhanger: who will win uh, all the major motorsports championships and all the big end of year races locally? Uh, you'll just have to follow along on Twitter to, to f answer all of those questions because we won't be able to talk about it because of the Bills and uh, football season here coming up around the corner. But, hey, it's Buffalo, so uh, got to look forward to Bill season and, more importantly, looking forward to that, that fantasy football draft. Our uh, our WGR, one of our fantasy football leagues, I know Mike's in 37 fantasy football leagues, but he's also in one that I'm in with Paul and Bulldog and some other people, uh, Pat Malacara, Brian Koziel, uh Dan Cave, among others, uh, looking forward to that that fantasy football draft. I'm not. I, I 
don't play as much as say Mike does. I'm only in like two leagues, but that this is the the draft I look forward to most. So uh, that it's football, almost football time. And for some people, there it is football time because they get into the preseason. But me, not so much. Eleven thirty three here on WGR Sports Radio five fifty. Uh, as we said, uh, of course, no NASCAR race today because they ran last night. You don't have one next Sunday, but do have some racing on the TV if you are interested. We again, we talked about NHRA. That's coming up at two o'clock on Fox Sports One in Brainerd, Minnesota. As we talked to Tommy Johnson Jr. Uh, funny car driver in IndyCar is in Pocono today. That'll be on NBCSN uh, later today. Um, what time does that start? I didn't even look. Uh, but we do know that Will Power is on the pole for today's race. He will be on the front row by with his Penske racing teammate, Joseph Newgarden. Then it is the uh, Andretti cars of Alexander Rossi and Ryan Hunter-Ray in row two. Simon Pagino, Robert Wickens round out row three. Rookie Zach Veach, Sebastian Bourdais in row four. James Hinchcliffe and Takuma Sato round out the uh, top ten starters uh, today at Pocono. Uh, Marco Andretti qualified 11th. Scott Dixon 13th. Tony Kanaan 14th. Uh, Graham Rahal, he'll roll off uh, 18th today out of the uh, field of 22 starters for the uh, the Verizon IndyCar Series uh, racing at Pocono. And the uh, 1.30 it is on NBCSN, so if you want to check that out, you've got a couple options this afternoon on the TV. As uh, the uh, IndyCar season winding down, of course, they will wind up in their season's just about finished. Scott Dixon comes in today with a point lead of about 50 points, uh, 45 points over Alexander Rossi, 494 to 448. Joseph Newgarden with uh, 434. Then Will Power, Ryan Hunter Ray round out the top five. So Dixon looking to lock up another championship, and he could take a big step towards another title day if he can uh, pl- have a good run today at Pocono is just after Pocono for the IndyCar folks. They have uh, three races left uh, with uh, over the next couple of weeks. They go to Gateway uh, next weekend and then Labor Day weekend. They're at Portland instead of Watkins Glen, of course, the big change there. And then they wrap up their season September 16th at Sonoma. And uh, lots of changes to the IndyCar schedule next year. We already know Laguna Seca is in. Sonoma is out. Uh, then I saw a report this week that Coda might be on IndyCar's horizon, and especially, apparently, uh, whatever rule they have in place with territoriality and, and with uh, locations, Texas Motor Speedway, who will be on the IndyCar schedule next year, uh, they can't say they can't veto if veto it if if IndyCar wants to go to the Circuit of the Americas in Austin. Uh, apparently, before uh, Texas was uh, Texas Motor Speedway in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, they were able to say, no, that's our part of the country. You can't schedule another race. Well, apparently, whatever deal that had that in place is no more between IndyCar and Texas Motor Speedway. And so if IndyCar wants to go there, they can if they can get a deal with the folks at Circuit of the Americas, uh, they will do it. So that would be fun to see. Uh, that, that facility just looks phenomenal whenever F1 races there, and they've had some big events there over the uh, – last couple of seasons with F1, and they've put some big concerts on. They had a Taylor Swift concert with an F1 race there, but uh, Circuit of the Americas would be huge for the IndyCar circuit. But you'll see, a, again, a lot of changes coming up to the schedule for IndyCar. We've kind of been highlighting those throughout the year with you know Phoenix also being off. Uh, Belle Isle is still on the schedule, although the locals trying to get that race uh, trying to get that race out of the Detroit area, but uh, it'll be a very different looking IndyCar schedule for 2019. Let's go to the AT&T hotline, though, and bring in uh, racing promoter and race car driver out of Greece, New York. Jody London joins us on the line. Gator Boy, how's it going, my friend? 
Oh, it is going awesome. How about you, Dave? I'm doing well, my friend. Uh, first off, just good to see you on the big track at Lancaster here the last couple of Saturdays. Last night, uh, driving a modified uh, for Andy Jankowiak last night, and then, of course, running the uh, the big Midwest Compact race at Lancaster two weeks ago. Just good to see you uh, racing at Lancaster these last couple of Saturdays. Yeah, it's it's been oh geez, it's been quite a few years since I've done that. I mean, last time I was active competitively racing at Lancaster was 2009. So, so those these past two weeks, you know, coming back to my second home home track, you know, it's it's kind of fun. How about just wheeling a modify? I know you didn't get a lot of laps, but how was it still getting able to wheel a modified there last night? It it, it, it was it was very nice. <laughs> Just I just going down the back straight. I just said a lot. I'm like, this has a lot more power than the four cylinder does. <laughs> I'm like, um, so it took a little bit, took a little bit just to get used to it again. But longer I went by, by the end of the second run I had, which was only feature, I was, it was getting a little bit more comfortable in the car. But by then, I, I just heard my spotter scream over in my ear. All right, they want you to come, and I'm like, oh, oh well, playtime's over. But guess, guess I'll end my career again. I'm sorry. Uh, and of course, your teammate got the big win last night. Andy Jankowiak, a good friend of yours, and a huge win for him last night. Of course, winning the race that uh, pays tribute to his dad and his uncle, and uh, uh, it was a, a great performance by Andy last night. Yeah, I, you know, for him, it's so it's so much bigger for him because obviously that's that's his dad and yep. that's his uncle. That's his race. Yep. And he he's been wanting to win it so much. I think he wants he's been wanting to win it a lot more than the U.S. Open. And for him to win that, it was it's pretty cool to see. I know it, it meant the world to him. I mean, he I know you know he was he was much more calm in the pit in back in the back pit mm-hmm. after the race. But I know I know he's always he's only cared about you know just winning a few races and those few races. You know his dad's race was one of them, and you know he he got that check he got that checked off his bucket list. So he's you know he's he's getting a smaller and smaller bucket list when it comes to winning races. And again, was uh, Andy Jankowiak getting the win at Lancaster last night in the Tommy Drewer uh, Tony Jankowiak Memorial Race at Lancaster uh, yesterday evening. Uh, speaking of big prestigious races, though, Jody, you've got one coming up this Friday night at the Spencer Speedway, paying tribute to. Uh, your dad, Dave London, and the 11th annual Dave London Memorial. How has it been 11 years for this race? I don't know. I ask, <laughs> I ask myself every year. I'm like, do you want? I just ask myself. Well, I guess I'll just do it again. Since everyone's having fun, we're just going to keep going with it. So it's it's grown, and it's the past three years. It's gotten really big, and you know, it's, I just got to keep out trying to outdo myself every time. Yeah, and you uh, outdone it again. You've got what is it over? Almost thirteen thousand dollars is in uh, purse money up for grabs. That's just for the super stocks, and uh, you've got a big entry list of drivers coming for this race on Friday night. Yeah, we have over fifty drivers coming in from all over in New York, and we got guys coming in from Pennsylvania. So it's it's pretty cool, and you got guys and you got guys from other states wanting to come in. I always get message, hey, is there a car available? And usually there isn't, and so guys, guys from even guys that have you know cup connections in NASCAR, they they've been they were inquiring me about rides that were available. It was just it's pretty cool to see how big it's gotten. And like last year, my uh, one of my bosses, Rick Fluth, he, he's at a he was at a dirt mod race 
working for um, Billy Whitaker, mm-hmm. and he's in, there in the pit, and guy comes up to him and asks him, hey, do you know about this big super stock race? And he goes, what race is that? He goes, oh, it's in New York, and Rich just smiled. And Rich just smiled. And, you know, <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, I know who it is. So it's getting, it's getting pretty big. And now, just over the last couple of years, on top of the, the super stock race, this other, the four-cylinder event, the, the Grandpa Dog four-cylinder race, A, why is it called the Grandpa Dog race? And this four-cylinder race is becoming just as big with uh, a big turnout of entries and, and a lot of bonus money up for grabs for these guys, too. So it, the way this all came about was it, it was kind of a, for me, it's a funny story because I'm at a hockey game with my, with my good friend Dave, Dave Himes, who, who the race's father is for. And I'm there drinking a beer, and me and him are drinking. And just I'm like, hey, that would be cool, because at, at that time it was just my dad's race was mm. on the card, and that was it. And I said, we should do something. We should put your dad's, you know, your dad's event on here as well. And he goes, oh, cool. So first it just started out. It was it was gonna be a like, because they had the title Dash for Cash. Originally it was just gonna be eight laps, five hundred to win. Go at it. And then it evolved into an, a monster by, you know, by August. It evolved into a full-blown race. So it turned into that. And and Dave's father, they called him Grandpa Dog. Okay. Because Dave, Dave and they ran Mike Rods up here in, in central New York a lot. And that's just how they all just all, they all called him was Grandpa Dog the whole time. So that's all the title, the four-cylinder. And then Dave ended up sponsoring the four-cylinder class at Spencer. You know, it's the Grandpa Dog four cylinders, and then I just have a do a dash cash for your dad as well. And he said, "Yeah, that'd be cool." So that's how that came to be. Well, it uh, sounds like a phenomenal show. Just two divisions, but a lot of cars. So there's going to be a lot of racing uh, this Friday night at Spencer. Uh, what What are the the times? Everybody needs to show up, and uh, what What's the uh, ticket price going to be this Friday night, Jody? Uh, Lucky thirteen is the ticket price for this night. I mean, it's it's a big show. And it's for only thirteen dollars. You can't you can't beat that. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're gonna have fireworks and things that make things that make loud booms. You can't go wrong with fireworks and things that go boom. <laughs> and uh, grandstands open at five p.m. and heats get underway at seven. So it's gonna it's gonna be awesome. Last year, last year I was overwhelmed by how many people showed up, and this year is hopefully gonna be even better. So it's it's gonna be good. Last year, last year there was a lot of drama to the race. Watching Tommy Catalano start from dead last in the Conti, he won the Conti, decided to transfer into the feature and started last in the feature, and drove it all the way to the front and took the win in that race. So you gotta, you know, there's a lot of big things going on in that race, and there's a lot of drama coming with it. So it's something you don't want to miss. Very good. It's kind of the kickoff to a lot of big end of year races because you know you got that, and then the following Friday we've got the big uh, Pops Leedy tribute to Pops Leedy modified race the following Friday at Spencer, and that leads us into September and all the big races and the U.S. Open and Race of Champions weekend. So it's kind of uh, the kickoff here to to a lot of big money races to round up the season. Jody, uh, best of luck. Hopefully, uh, great weather, great turnout, and uh, you work so hard on this, my friend. It's you've done a phenomenal job turning this into a much see event on the racing calendar every year uh i wish i could be there unfortunately my friday night commitments make it hard but someday hopefully i'll make it out for that race but uh best of luck with the show this friday night at spencer speedway one day one day i will have dave buchanan announce my father's memorial race and then i can 
I will call it a career for the Dave Luna <laughs> Memorial. Well, I not well didn't I now we had it at Lancaster right once or twice. You had it at Lancaster, but that was in the infancy days. Oh, uh, that, that it, 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 it's gotten to more of a monster now. Now, 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 I just want now I want Dave there, and so I can stand in the grandstand. Dave just call it. Uh, no, you're, I'm sure you're good with. Uh, who, who, who is, is Joe? Is Murata going to be there? Who, who are you going to have on Friday? Murata and Jay Trainer. Oh, Trainer well, then you got, you've got one of the people I studied under in Jason Trainer, so you've got something better. Oh, that's cool. Awesome. I, I learned at the feet of, of Jason and Craig Wilson when I was starting out as a junior announcer. So uh, you've, you've, got, you've, you've got the, uh, the, the, the broadcasting family tree right there with uh, Jason Trainer. Say hi to my friend Jason then this Friday. And, uh, again, thanks for the time. We'll talk to you soon. Awesome, Dave. You have a good one. All right. Jody London. Uh, and, again, uh, this Friday at the Spencer Speedway out in uh, near Rochester, Williamson, New York area. Uh, just straight down 104. You can't miss it. Uh, it's not that far from the Buffalo area. Uh, should be a good show with the 11th annual Dave London Memorial for the Superstocks and the Grandpa Dog four-cylinder event uh, there this Friday night at the Spencer Speedway. And it does kick off some big end-of-year races. And next weekend, we're going to talk next week, uh, next week's show, we're going to talk to Mike Leedy uh, about the, uh, the the Pops Leedy race, which is going to be Labor Day Friday at Spencer, very same racetrack the following Friday. And a huge announcement yesterday concerning that race Ryan Priest, who of course is now in the Xfinity series for Joe Gibbs Racing and is one heck of a modified driver, probably one of the best modified drivers in, on the planet currently. Uh, you know, uh, he's uh, going to be in the field for the uh, tribute to Pops Leedy Race, and he announced yesterday, along with uh, the folks at Leedy Racing L2 Autosport, that uh, Ryan is going to drive a third entry for. Uh, the leading racing team, along with Mike and Patrick Emmerling, uh, Ryan Priest, will be in a third L2 Autosport car for the tribute to Pops Leedy uh, 75 at Spencer on August 31st, Friday of Labor Day weekend. So that's huge to have Ryan. They're going to be he's going to be in town anyway because the NASCAR Modifieds are at Oswego the very next night. So uh, Ryan's going to come up to Central New York a night early and get to drive two modified races that weekend. So that was exciting to hear yesterday. That should be a great show as well too. So uh, and we'll talk more next week. We'll kind of, I think we'll spend a lot of our season finale next week, kind of just running down the uh, whole list of uh, big local races coming up uh, from the Labor Day through September into October because there is a lot of fun stuff coming up on the local racing schedule. Speaking of local racing, it won't be a long segment, but we do have the local racing roundup. Although there are a lot of rainouts, uh, especially Thursday and Friday, and uh, but. We'll try and hit the results that we do have in the books, and we'll wrap up this edition of Fast Track when we get back here on WGR. Victory Lane this weekend. It's time for the local racing roundup on WGR's Fast Track. All right, we'll go back to Thursday night, and unfortunately, Genesee Speedway had a big show planned Thursday night, the uh, Gladiator Race as they were going to have a, a big block, small block, modified shootout. They tried to get started, but the uh, Mother Nature wouldn't cooperate, and they had to give it up. Disp- trying to desperately get the show in, but unfortunately, uh, they could not get their show in Thursday night there at Genesee Speedway. According to Rich Vlex, uh, post uh, the modifieds will be added to their big end of year show on Saturday, October the 13th, there at the Genesee Speedway. They already had a big show planned, and now they're going to tack on a modified race, and that might work out with uh, scheduling and everything week after Super Dirt Week. They should be able to draw. 
Uh, so pretty good contingent of modified teams for that race that uh, won't be off in uh, Brockville chasing dirt points that night. So they'll be part of their uh, fall finale along with the street stocks, crate late model, sportsmen, and mini stocks. That should be a huge show October 13th at the Genesee Speedway. Uh, Friday night was also a complete washout. Uh, for most of the tracks we talk about regularly here on the program, including Lancaster Dragway and Ranceville Speedway, uh, Oswegan Speedway did manage. They they had a little window there it, 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 throughout all the rain that was in the area Friday night. Oswegan did get it, and I, we don't mention their results every Friday, but do got to give a shout-out to the straight shooter, Scott Cruder, uh, who picked up the win in the uh, sprint car feature uh, driving for Trey Hoddick. Uh, Scott got the win over Dylan Westbrook and Mac DeMann, so I have to give uh, Scott a, a shout-out. We've had Scott here on the program before, so good to see Scott pick up the win Friday night and uh, the Hoddock Racing team going to victory lane. But everybody else is kind of a washout there on Friday. Also, uh, Hillside got rained out on Friday as well, too, and a couple of their tracks were already off on Friday night. Last night, though, much better weather, and Lancaster National Speedway, we talked about it with Jody London, but Andy Jankowiak picked up the win in the 29th Annual Tommy Drewer, Tony Jankowiak Memorial 110 for the Race of Champions Modified Series, holding off Patrick Emmerling in the final 20 laps to pick up the victory. Daryl Lewis Jr., another third-place finish for Daryl. Uh, he's had five third-place finishes at the, on the ROC Series this year, including three at Lancaster alone. And uh, just can't wait for that guy to break through and get his first win. It'll be so well-deserved when he does. But they're having a great season. He's third in points and uh, had a good run last night coming home in third. Uh, then Mike Leedy and Eric Beers rounding out the top five there. The uh, Race of Champions Superstock race was also very exciting. Great battle between Tim Gullo, Joe Mancuso, and Tommy Barron. But Tim Gullo got the win in the $1,000 payday there. Street Stocks, Rich Sharp got back to victory lane for the first time in three months. And in the four cylinders, Kevin Bainbridge dominated things uh, to pick up the four-cylinder win at Lancaster last night. And uh, a great show uh, with uh, that Tommy Tony and I. Always a great crowd and a great event. And uh, awesome uh, finish last night with Andy J picking up the win. A very emotional win for Andy. Uh, Merrittfield Speedway also in action last night. Adam Plaza got his eighth win of the year in the six cylinders. Tony Kelly in the mini stocks. Chris Watson picked up a narrow win over Brent Bigelow in the mod lights. Dave Bailey, his third win of the year, the Hoosier stocks. Brad Rouse got the King of the Crate Sportsman Series win over Chad Chevalier and Cody McPherson. And Matt Williamson got his ninth win of the year in the 358 modifieds over Ryan Susie and Pete Bicknell. Uh Genesee Speedway was off last night, and uh that's the all the results that I got into the uh, news desk here. Uh, tonight, Humberstone Speedway back in action at uh, 6.30. Uh, they have got the Gabe Belante Memorial for their sports and division. 1000 bucks to win, 40 laps, and plus all of their regular divisions. And since we don't mention their feature winners that often, be, just because I always forget to go back to their week before, but uh, last weekend's results at Humberstone, Cody McPherson got the BEI Lightning Sportsman Series win over James Michael Friesen and Chad Chevalier. Sean Evans won the Action Sprint Tour feature. Chad Holman, the Rush Late Model feature. Olivier, do you smell what LaRock is cooking in the mini stocks? And Mitch Dumont getting the win in the Pro 4 trucks there last Sunday at the uh, Humberstone Speedway. Next Sunday is a huge show there at Humberstone 2 in Port Colburn uh, as they've got the Pete Costco Memorial Modified Race and they've got the Race of Champions uh, Sportsman Series next Sunday um, at the uh, Humberstone Speedway in Park Colborne, so that should be a fun show as well. But that'll do it for us. Uh, again, uh, you got NHRA at 2 o'clock on FS1. You've got um, IndyCar at 1.30 on NBCSN if you're looking for some racing on the tube today, if you're not going to see it in person. 
And we will talk to you next Sunday on our thrilling season finale of WGR's Fast Track. We'll talk to you next Sunday. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.